What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pilot Boys, episode 93. Today, we're going to talk about the crazy trade action in the NBA. COVID is on the rise and the Delta variant is also on the rise. So we're going to talk a little bit about how that's affecting Texas and Florida. And that affects V, as, as we all know, if we're listening to this podcast. And we got a release date on probably the most anticipated album in my heart, Drake's new album, Certified Lover Boy. So stoked to talk about that. Our deep dive today is about how to build a great team. We are so excited for you, for you to join us today. Let's go. Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Pilot Boys in the building, episode 93, the year of the first Bulls three-peat, Partha. <laughs> I kind of feel like we're headed toward a three-peat. Um, been, been a good week, a good vibe. A lot of crazy cool things happening behind the scenes that we will be sharing with you soon. Um, but for like, now. Absolutely nuts, honestly, the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a crazy moment in time. And can't it's, wait to- it's like sometimes the, in life there's these moments where you have like the feeling when something great comes your way of like pure euphoria and excitement right and i used to have that for a lot of like the major accomplishments in my life I was like wow i can't yeah. believe this in my life and then there comes a point in your life where it's like i don't like you're grateful for everything obviously but the weight of big names or big opportunities goes away and it just becomes like strategic you know what i mean everything just becomes a chess piece well they say that it uh overnight success story is usually 10 years in the making you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's that aspect of it and i think also when you're really working toward trying to be great or something and trying to build something great it's a long road it's a journey it's a marathon it's not a sprint you know what i mean it's it's once when you've actually put the input in um, and I think we both kind of feel like we've put a lot of input in when the expected output comes, it's more like relief and this is what's supposed to happen. Obviously, look at all the damn work we did, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so it exactly cha- it. it changes it versus like the feeling of just hitting the lottery, right? Like buying a lottery ticket and the next day. It, it popping that's that's what entrepreneurship is right it's like it's like a long 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 journey yeah. to get to where you're trying to go and when you finally get there you look backwards and you look forward but it's hard to kind of stay present in that moment that's why you get the humility with all the great ceos their mm-hmm. perspective shifts over the journey and it's like it goes from initially being an egocentric like win-loss driven journey which is like similar to maybe you know a younger athlete to mm-hmm. understanding that your role your significance your platform is really what's important in terms of what you're doing day to day the way you carry yourself is what's important and the deals are really just circumstance to be able to create impact with you know your personality and, and your values yeah and they're part of the journey right like yes yeah. when you're in business and, and certain things happen you have to think about this is part of the journey. How does this advance what we're trying to do versus getting caught up in what's actually happening? It's, it's, it's important, um, to not get lost in that. I feel like that happens a lot. So 
let me ask you something. I know you've been traveling a lot, mm-hmm. but um, in the last week, obviously we've had some some nuts stuff going on. Maybe in the last two or three weeks. Last week, I told you when I saw V came over to my house on Saturday. We had a really fun event. We had a we had a little party, and uh, you know he had been traveling for a while. So you know my vibe was totally different, having been in LA for most of the week before. I was like so hype, bro. Like I couldn't sleep. I was literally three, four days in a row. It was like six hours max that my body was sitting down and I'd wake up just full of energy, no caffeine intake, no nothing, like just super hype every day for each day. And this week I'm like, we've gone through a lot of these, you know, I would say like larger hurdles. And so now my body is in this weird mode where it's just waking up super early all of a sudden. So it's like 6 a.m. every day I'm up and I'm just like up, up, you know, yeah. are you and getting he, that? Yeah. You saw that on Sunday, right? Yeah. After, at the party, I was back up at 4 a.m., you know, <laughs> thinking and walking and, and figuring stuff out because I think part of this is like, it really has been in the last few weeks for me, it's just really taking on the mentality of stay moving. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And moving confidently. Once you know what direction you're trying to head, it's like everything in the process is just part of the process, right? Like yeah. even this weekend, it was like we had this kind of cool event going on, which, you know, it was, it, it ended up being great brand for brand. And then on the backdrop, there's all kinds of other stuff happening at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's really a test, you know, they talk about courage under fire. I I don't know if that's the right phrase, but it's, it's probably staying calm, you know, under fire and just looking at each thing as a, like you said, an obstacle or a task, the obstacle you face, you get over that obstacle. You, (laughs) we chilled, chilled for a second, had fun, got stuff done. Another obstacle came, we figured that out. It's like, it's like when you're in in sync, you know, and we'll get into this more on the team in the deep dive. It's like when you're in sync, it's almost like these obstacles, like you just flow through them. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, it it's just like that. And the weird thing is when you stop doubting yourself, you have a lot more brain time. When you yep. stop having anxiety, you have a lot more time. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm finding myself in the mornings just like I used to wake up a lot more anxious and now I have a lot more control over where my head's at. And, uh, I just take walks, man. Like I just kind of walk around. I look at the birds, you know, I like listen to them. It's to me, it's the best time to be alive. Right. Is early in the morning. You know, it's like you have peace, you can do whatever you want. Um, and if you start early, you typically finish early. So you have the, the rest of your day to go through and like when you first rise i mean literally you do have uh once you obviously get get your bearings right and get your glass of coffee and breakfast in your system it's probably when you have the best time in terms of clarity in yeah. terms of, in your head right like by the end of the day so much shit has happened that all of that stuff is weighing on you but at the beginning of the day it's like you really have the power to dictate like what you do um, yeah, and, and that's a great feeling. It's my favorite time. You know, you know what my work schedule typically looks like. You know, yeah, um, um, and it's early morning. You know, and yeah. now I'm like, 
I saw this morning a text from you at like 5.30 a.m. California time, and I was like, okay. He's, <laughs> he's, he's on the wave too now. I was, yeah, just, just waking up now. My body also gets tired at like 10. So yep. 10 p.m., I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go to bed. I don't have anything else to do, right? Like some nights I'll be up till, you know, midnight, but most most nights these days, especially on the weekdays, it's like I don't really have much to do past, you know, like work kind of winds down at what, six, seven. So maybe I'll make some music or, you know, like TV's not interesting anymore either. Like there's nothing really compelling about watching all these shows. I just want to make stuff all the yeah, time. I think that that's, that's kind of where it's like everything else kind of goes away and you focus on on um what you have going on right like that's a great feeling when you don't have to necessarily figure out things to do and you just have things to do right yeah exactly dude exactly (laughs) and it's fun it's fun to have hobbies i think that's that's such an important thing because it's a healthier way to use your downtime than consuming and consuming on media and content and all this stuff that's just designed to make you emote in different ways yeah and it's part of this is also knowing yourself and knowing what you need at certain times i know you guys probably laughed at me on saturday when it hit a certain hour i had a couple (laughs) slices of pizza and next thing you know i'm knocked out on the couch you you made it to the pizza though and i think that deserves respect I had to make it to the pizza. It man. was a late night. Pe- it wasn't that late. Literally, night. I think between you, Nafisa, and I, we ate probably about 66% of that pizza. We I were, had, I think I had five or six slices. I had five or six slices. Nafisa <laughs> had five or six, and you had five or six. <laughs> man, I mean, it was a long day. Yeah, it was. We yeah. had been going, too, because our day started early, and it kept going. And then there's, yeah. the, there's the other element of this, too, which in this era is interesting right it's like when you live in the social media and content era that we're in it's like it's a lot of work to be on yeah for like a whole day when you're shooting footage when you're taking pictures when you're controlling an event when you're playing host when you're doing all of those things it's like it's a lot you know and you do have to stay on you know you can't you know you can't not keep it together you know, and that again goes back to what we'll be talking on later is is having a team, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, people, and, people, I mean, hosting too, bro, like stay on to an extent. I mean, yeah. our party was pretty easy. It was a pretty easy situation because we had so many people there. Yeah. I mean, it, when I say so many people, I mean like the bartenders and like people handling shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was perfect in the sense that for that type of event, because it was it was a party, but it had a purpose, right? It was like essentially a, a branding, a branding event slash party, which was kind of a cool hybrid. A function, but, as yeah, I call it. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like the crazy, like the police are going to get called. Like your neighbors have had a couple of times, you know, it's like, this is a cool chill, you know, Saturday in LA, you know, yeah. and for, for me, I'm past the whole, like going to clubs and going to like, places with thousands of people there are probably about you know a, a good number of people filtering in and out but it was never overwhelming like who the hell are all these people here you know yeah <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and everybody kind of bought it like nobody was bothered by the fact that there was you know photography going on that 
they had to take pictures. No one kind of broke the vibe that was there and made it about themselves, which was a critical, critical piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I agree. And you know, that's, that's just having good people around at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It so is. let's get into some news and notes. We'll get deeper into the circumstances around this event and, and really this topic of how to build a great team, which I think is going to resonate really deeply with our listeners. It's definitely something that has been a big awakening for me in, in recent times. Um, but speaking of teams, let's talk about, you know, my favorite team right now, the Lakers getting Russell Westbrook this last week. That was nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. I'll let, you know, Westbrook going back home and you hear some of the backstory here is, you know, they always find the juice and the gossip, right? <laughs> and I guess Russell Westbrook had hit up Kawhi about going to the Clippers. And yeah. Kawhi was like, well, I don't really like Russell Westbrook. I'm going to get Paul George instead. <laughs> but it was the call from Westbrook that triggered the thought in his head that Paul George might be available. You know what I mean? Isn't that uh, crazy karma? Yeah. And now he's with the Lakers. It's it's from a basketball standpoint. I mean, I really want Russell Westbrook's career to be validated and for them to win a championship. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with Russ cannot play off the ball. Um, that's not the best way to utilize his skills. Um LeBron probably can play off the ball, but hasn't done it his whole career. You know True. what I mean? True. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And then the issue that the Lakers had throughout the last year continues, right? Because where is the shooting going to come from? Right. You know, like where it's like now you have another driver, you know what I mean? And, and I, I think it's going to be great, you know, and it's probably going to take time for the chemistry to work out. But they said the same thing in Miami. You know, they said the same thing in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland was more kind of well-built. Um, yeah, it's a more thorough team. More thorough team. But I think this is exciting. You know, you have two of the top five players of this generation and probably one of the top three players of kind of like the generation afterwards joining forces no excuses for the Lakers. I mean, you don't put that, you figure it out, right? When you've yeah. got three players of that level of talent, you figure the rest out. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the challenge for them is, you know, that's three people, but it takes five to play, right? Yeah. And you got to play 48 for 82 games and then through the playoffs. So they've got to really fill that roster with some solid role players. And that's where they're lacking really significantly because so much of this, the salary cap is taken by these three. And, that's the flaw of putting so many all-stars on a team. Like that's why the drafting model works well, but in big cities, you get that advantage of being able to recruit these big stars. But the tough part with the Lakers is that they gave up so much of their young talent getting a D last year, and they gave up a lot of picks. They're in a, a tough spot to be able to secure some young guys right now. Yeah. And they also are losing glue guys like Caruso's a glue guy that yeah. had to be a casualty of this because he got his contract wasn't expensive with the bulls, but, um, his, was it with the bulls that he signed with? Who did he I sign? It with? was with the bulls. Yeah. Um, then, you know, it's like a 37 million, but when you have these, there's going to be cap casualties. Right. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a, there's a really fascinating, I can't wait until there's a book written about this golden state 
Warriors era, like how they are building. Like we haven't seen this in the NBA, right? Where you have a team that is ready to compete for a championship now, but this organization, maybe part of it was circumstance, you know, dominoes falling a certain way. They didn't think that clay was going to get hurt and all that stuff that happened to kind of put them in this position, but they're in a unique place where they have the stars of today and they have stars of tomorrow on the same team. Yeah. Being able to have that one season, they didn't make the playoffs and got that number one pick, man. That was, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they have, they have a strong, strong team, man. And I think they are, we'll see how the chemistry plays out, but I think they are in terms of talent, the favorite out of the West. It's interesting, but I I do agree with you. I think that's the consensus opinion that the Warriors are the favorite. It's to your point because it's a well constructed team. Like, yep. it's balanced. You know, these guys are all, obviously all very good, but nobody's super ball dominant as a player. And that's where Steph Curry really shines and lets you build a championship team because he's such a scoring threat. He's yep. gotten a lot better on defense over the course of his career, and he is he attracts so much defense and he's not a ball dominant guy like he'll bring the ball at the floor but he'll facilitate and get it to the guy who needs to have the ball at the right time and they always have an open shot because of his gravity and that's just it's a type of star that we haven't really seen be able to score at this level yeah and i think also despite him getting better at defense he's still one of the poorer overall defenders but this I'm underscoring that point, not just to, to say any, everybody has flaws, right? But the thing that the Warriors do, and I think this is kind of like what we saw with the Bulls teams, like what made them great. Draymond has a very, knows what he's good at and does what he's good at, makes certain sacrifices, and same with Clay. Clay takes the top offensive threat and plays defense the entire game, and that impacts. Yeah his offensive ability, but he's willing to do that for the sake of the team. You know, yeah. I think, you know, we saw this in, um, you know, and that's how you build championship teams. You saw that with Milwaukee. Quite frankly, part of the reason why things fell apart in Cleveland is because Kyrie was not willing to kind of take that, that approach to it with LeBron James. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's how, that's how it goes, you know? That's yeah. how it goes, right? It's like ego is the killer of every single situation that's, you know, team oriented. Like that's that's where the Warriors excel. Nobody wants the credit. You know, that was the cool thing about the Bucks this year. Nobody wants the credit. Like Giannis is passing the credit onto his team. Giannis is the reason they won. Like, yeah. don't get that twisted. But if you ask him, he's gonna say my team's amazing. Yeah, and they are because he believes in them. Right. Yeah. And you know, speaking of Kyrie, you know, we have to I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. You're kind of in the Kyrie fan club more than I'm hugely in the Kyrie fan. I'm kind of in the, uh, uh, not so sure. Some things he says, I like some things I'm like, why the, uh, what did you think of him publicly on Instagram coming out and airing out his beef with a company that pays him tens of millions of dollars publicly coming out and trashing them for no reason oh i missed this was it with nike Who was yeah it? nike he said i had nothing he put i had nothing to do with the design of the Kyrie eight these shoes are ugly they didn't ask for my input don't buy them wow 
Well, I mean, honestly, though, why didn't they ask? Well, I'm sure there was more to it than not asking. And I'm sure if you heard Nike's side of the story, they are known to take input from their athletes, especially their signature. We've never had these issues come up with a signature, Nike signature athlete before. Yeah. To be quite honest, like the design of the Kyries have been good, right? Like I like the design of every shoe that I've seen from him. He's built um, Nike has done a good job of building like a niche Kyrie fan base. I know the SpongeBob Kyries were really popular and he's had other kind of shoes that have hit the mark. If something misses the mark from a company that you are a part of, I don't think that the way to solve that is coming out publicly and kind of trying to trash the brand and the name. You no, know it's, I mean, it's definitely not. I mean, that's going <laughs> to hurt his pocket too, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, people can be people. Um, but it's interesting because you are seeing the cracks in Nike's armor with the Zion shoe exploding. That was kind of the first moment of their armor cracking. And I think the organization itself, while it's significantly better built than most of their competitors, I don't feel that they are going to be able to succeed in the same way they have up until now. I think their strategy is going to change more to a, um, you know, buying up other brands in the space type of strategy. They're going to have to take a play out of Facebook's, um, you know, playbook there uh, to really be able to succeed because their business doesn't have the heart and soul it did before. Those people are passed away or they're retired. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the challenges, the dilemmas of, of building a great business and that business turning into an empire that is so big and so large that it's hard to stay nimble and stay mobile. And then when you continue to dominate year after year after year, it's also hard for you not to get complacent and lean in on your ego as a brand. Mm -hmm. um, and arrogance toward the marketplace. Cause look, what they do is a reflection of what Facebook does. Like they just buy these guys, right? Like they buy every well, guy. Nike's Nike's M and a book has not been that strong. I mean, they own converse obviously, but like, uh, yeah, I'm talking about talent. Yeah. They're not yeah. looking at acquiring businesses the way that they should. I agree with yeah. you there, but they kind of take the same, they take that approach toward their talent. endorsement toward yeah. talent. Agreed. And, they don't really think through. They're just like, they're just buying these guys and, and hoping that they hit. And it's not, you know, outside of the Jordan brand, I don't think that Nike's necessarily branding itself though. But if you talk to people at Nike, they are so product focused, right? And like their products aren't that good. Yeah. Either. They're product focused. They're, they're, they're big. And they're not engaging with new media the way that they should be. You yep. know what I mean? Um, so they're doing a lot of things. When I say they're focused on product, they just think that the check and the right people supporting the check. I mean, there's some things that have been great, like the OVO deal with Drake. The no a, yeah, Nocta is excellent. Yeah, it's they do some things really well, but for a company that's that's as respected by anyone who studied the brand as it is, you are right. Like where is where is the innovation talent coming from? Where is the Tinker Hatfield? Where are the people that just love 
to create and do cool stuff in the company? Or is this really just becoming, you know, buttoned up, you know, <laughs> and why New York Stock Exchange traded be a myth that doesn't operate and just hopes to continue to run. I mean, most of the recent success still is inspired from the Jordan era, right? Like everything Tinker did is what it took to get Virgil in. Everything Virgil did got Jerry in. Jerry did his work. Now Nike's kind of at an impasse. They have kind of that designer angle they can go down. You know, Noct is a good play, but it still feels, for some reason, it just doesn't feel authentic. It feels kind of forced for Nike, the brand, to do Nocta. Um, But... I love what they're doing with it. I think it's amazing products. I think the visuals are are great, but I can't help but feel that that's entirely Drake. That's not Nike. Yeah. And, and, you know, second part of this is let's be honest, their competitors aren't necessarily stepping up to the plate, even when they've had the opportunity, right? Or made some noise. Adidas had an opportunity when they really started getting into lifestyle, right? Um, They did well. Um, for a phase there where people were starting to say, you know what, I, I rock with Adidas, you know, yeah. what I mean? but nobody is coming in and, and doing what they really need to do to knock Nike off its perch. So it's also, it's a combination of Nike, uh, just not really having any competition is a big part of this, right? Like no one who, who, who would you say is doing anything right now to kind of say you know what we're coming for you um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't really say anybody is you know i think that i think that that's the the story in the athletic world is that there's these few giants they you know this is gonna be a a controversial statement but it's true they overpay all their athletes to try and maintain market dominance but the ROI on that's terrible and it's only effective if you're able to use the brand awareness to move your other products. They've gotten away with just selling basic ass shit with their logo on it for years. And now fanatics is in the game. Legends is in the game. And there's so many other players sourcing the same quality of fabrics from abroad that, okay, so now you don't have the quality advantage on your t-shirts anymore. You don't have the quality advantage on your shorts. So what are you going to do? You can change up your patterns. You can add more interesting designs, but that advantage is fading as well. Because when you make stuff in China, everything that you're doing, literally, if I go to a factory, they're probably producing Nike. If you know, I pick a good factory and I see everything on the line, I can get walked around and I can see everything that they're making mm-hmm. and I can order it. They're going to make it for me just without the Nike logo on it with whatever logo I want on it, right? And that's what other brands are doing. You don't even have to go over there to do that. You can do it online. And so that to me is like one of the big things that's changing in apparel. It's going to change the way that brands are built. But ultimately, what Nike's failed to do is they've failed to build a real community like they have in the running space. And it's a solid community for sure, especially within their app. But if they don't activate these communities physically, then all of the smaller brands that are building through more grassroots means are going to start to own those those communities. People aren't going to wear, you know, Nike shirts and shorts. They're going to wear, you know, 10,000 shorts. You know what I mean? They're going to wear a lasso hat and socks. They're going to wear like a, a some Fanatics buying, T-shirt. Yeah. Just, yeah. Nike is in the business of just buying people. They own Ohio State. Like they, they look at it in like a completely top-down 
they don't build organically anymore they go right. top down and it was built organically yeah that's how it was built but yeah you know again these are these are challenges that i think every company that reaches this level of success you know i i almost feel like that the best place to be as as a ceo or as a builder is in the phase of small to medium-sized businesses getting to this size it has to be frustrating for the creative creative side of the business Dude, and to add on to that, like when you're hiring people who are essentially at that scale, you have to hire rapidly, yeah. right? And you're hiring in mass. in mass. And these are yeah. systematic thinkers, right? You're yeah. hiring people who are conditioned through our educational system. So yeah. none of them understand that it's not the numbers and the data. It's that's a reflection of the people who actually are in the community. Like Nike does a good job with skateboarding. I think they do a really good job in that mm -hmm. community. But that's because they actually went and found the real skateboarders that are doing it. Like they went yeah. into the scene and figured out who they were. They got them the deals. Like Nigel was a big pickup for them. Getting most of the Olympic team, I think all of them, but most of them that I saw wearing Nike shoes when they're skateboarding. Like that, these are these are big moves, right? Like th those are important pieces of culture. And skateboarding is the thing people are watching this year, right? So it was a good move on their part. But they have to just get deeper into it. And the thing is, when you hire people who have gone through college, who have MBAs, who have all these degrees, they don't want to go talk to people. They don't want to do the dirty work. They want to hire an assistant to do that. And they want to sit in their office all day, look at a corner window, and then flex the fact that they're successful to their peers who are trying to do the same thing right back to them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that's why you'll see like where you see the success of Nike over the last decade is outsourcing right like they go to the designers they go they've done a good job of recognizing what's out there and they've also done a good job also kind of embracing this collaborative culture which for a long time none of the big brands did but you know they the off-white nike collection the the these different things where they basically are paying these big figures um large sums of money to capitalize on their brand power right yeah and dude like let me say one other thing. It works too. both ways too, right? It helps yeah. the designer. And they too, they right? got a lot of shit for not working with Kanye, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing his personality, man, no fucking way I would work with them. No, I wouldn't do it either. If you're going to miss your deadline with me, I can't work with you, period. I don't care how much money you could make me. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just look, not worth it. Imagine, you know, when he when he releases, he he does generate a lot. But if you're a company that has a quarterly, <laughs> quarterly results driven. Right. When's the last thing that we've seen anything meaningful from the Yeezy shoe collection? Plus, from like a quality of life standpoint, do you really want to make your people chase around this guy who's going on manic episodes all the time? Like, no, you don't. Yeah, you, don't. you just want to isolate away from that. And like, yeah. to me, you know, you hear the Kanye narrative of like, fashion wouldn't let me in, so I forced my way in. It's like, no, dude, like, you're the problem. Your personality is the problem. Like, clearly you have great ideas. You're a great designer. You can make some great shit, but you got to be easier to work with. Otherwise, no one wants to work with you. I don't care yeah. how smart you think you are. That happens to so much of the best talent, right? Yeah. Like, they don't know how to how to play the social game or play the, the, the ego, <laughs> couple yeah. my ego game a little bit yeah. better. And it doesn't matter how talented you are, you burn out, you know? Um, 100%. Yep. Shifting, shifting, shifting gears a little bit. Um, that was a good, that was a good segment there on the, the shoe. shoe I know, the shoe game. The, um, let's, 
let's talk about this very briefly because I feel like it's very basic that what we need to say here. Um, COVID is back on the rise. You know, <laughs> the, the Delta variant is picking up. And there's two things. You have By the be, way, a lot of people I know have gotten it. Yeah, it's 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 real. This spike isn't just the media narrative. It's people are testing positive. Um, yeah. And, and they're sick. And specifically in the places that have had the most lax rules and laws, it's catching up. Not because, and I won't say, I will say this because I feel like, I feel like a lot of this is a result of poor governance. Um, because despite where people stood, if they had to wear a mask to go into the grocery store, they wore it. Like once the CDC said, hey, um, if you're fully vaccinated, you can. The people who didn't want to wear masks and didn't want to get vaccinated, do you think that they you can trust them with the honor system to just yeah. show up to the grocery store? Because that's where it's spreading. Right. So the basic premise to me is two things. Either you get vaccinated or two. If you don't get vaccinated and that's your prerogative, I'm not knocking no matter how irrational I might think that is um, and how selfish that might be. Uh, I think that you should still honor the fact that if you're not going to get vaccinated, that you are going to take all the other precautions that are necessary. Right. Which is wear a mask, stay away from large crowds, wash your hands. Like everywhere I go, hand sanitizer is like 75, 80% off because they can't sell it anymore. You know what I mean? Um, are you going to one or two, you, you do one of those two things, right? Like, yeah. I don't know why that's so hard in America. Yeah. Here's where, here's where I'm going to say the controversial thing. Yeah. Um, first of all, agree with all of that. If you're not vaccinated, please wear a mask. It's just going to make everything safer for everyone. Yeah. People aren't dying right now from COVID, you know? This is a continuation of the conversation that was started last year. But this thing was was overblown for political reasons in media. And it was overblown to help candidates win races. Right. That has happened. And now, as you've noticed, you know, while there's news, it's nothing near what it was last year because the government wants you to think they have it under control. Right. That's one part of it. Second is. If you look at a lot of the legacy industries that were getting fragmented over the last 20 years, I'm talking manufacturing, I'm talking infrastructure, yeah. they're consolidating into the control of just a few families in the world. This is happening very quickly in the background of things. And it's a dangerous thing for industry. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing for small businesses. And that power is what influences government. Yeah. I mean... 100% accurate, right? Um, but I think what is happening is the the, the, prop the propaganda machine continues, right? Like, we'll get like five cases of people, people who were vaccinated and who got COVID. And people are focusing on the fact that they got it. At no point did, was does a vaccination, like, this is basic stuff that should be disseminated and isn't anymore, right? It's like, no, a vaccination does not prevent you from getting the flu. We've dealt like, how do you not get this? Right. Hmm. But, but what is shown is that people who are vaccinated and get COVID, it is much more controlled than if you're unvaccinated 
and you get COVID. And that is the one and only narrative that needs to be broadcast. This idea that, oh, the vaccination is a hoax because people who are vaccinated are getting the vaccine. Like, that's a real storyline. And I sit here and I'm like, damn, we really are a stupid nation, you know, just frankly. Like, well, and I'll say this too. Like, I, I think that, I think that there's a lot of like, there's always the conspiracy theories, but yeah, I've been off Instagram, so I haven't caught as much of this as probably you have. But uh, yeah, guys, like if you're listening to this, you know, you I hear about it because I'm on Twitter. Not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't do that either. Yeah. So, you know, keep the mind pure. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to everyone out there, it's easy. Get the vaccine simple. or wear a mask. That's Very it. Simple. Yeah. Very it's your choice. Simple. You can do either one. And you don't even have to wear the mask like outside just when you're inside with people that might be you know prone right like make your decision smart but yeah you know to me it's like that's it i don't really even want to go down that rabbit hole because i don't even want to give an ounce of energy to people who are spreading that crazy narrative right because it's just it's false and there's nothing we can say that's going to change yep. those people's minds yep yep just, yeah just just do what you feel like doing but it's, do no harm is kind of the position that yeah Take care of the people around you and just yeah. be cognizant of it. But outside of that, like, you know, live your life, have fun. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But keep in mind, there's some shit going on in the background and we're going to live with the consequences of a lot of the consolidation if, that's happening in industries. And if it does go crazy again, you know, I, what I don't want to do is we've worked this hard to come this far, right, where things are starting to move. I feel better because I'm able to move. The last thing that I want to do is go backwards. Um, and let's all just do the basic things to prevent ourselves from going backwards. What, no matter what your position is or your political stance or belief or whatever, let's just do what we need to do to make sure this shit stays open. You know? <laughs> yeah. That shit's easy. And then, you know, big picture, take care of figuring out kind of where you lie in, in the machine here, like figure out how things are changing and put yourself in a position where you're going to be successful in the long term. That's yes. it. There's a lot of changes that that are going to happen to our country and economically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more thing that we should talk about. Um, Certified Lover Boy got a release date. Yeah. Uh, I know the thing with Drake um, is that I'm fairly confident that this release date um, will be honored. Unlike some other <laughs> artists that we we know um I, I feel like we are going to see something that's great you know obviously he doesn't miss he's going to continue to not miss but drake moves the narrative of what sound is and music is supposed to be kind of what's trending um and i think this this album is going to again be a a, a blueprint for people to understand musically what's trending and what 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 resonates right and yep. i think if you study it beyond just appreciating the talent but if you are in this space and you actually study this um and what drake does from a musical perspective there's a lot of takeaways i'm not saying just copy drake copy his flows but like sonically there's a lot um that you can take away and, and use as influence be humble enough to 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 kind of look at it through that approach, right? There's yeah. something you can learn from how this guy um, and his team constructs 
his music. Yeah, and to our podcast listeners, here's a little shameless promo for myself. I have also tried to be like Drake and started releasing music. So um, to V's point, I am very conscious of observing people like Drake to try and try and get better at it. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. way that one of the things that Drake is known for, really 40 is known for his producer, is for creating these lush soundscapes that really overemphasize bass and leave a lot of the middle frequencies on a track wide open for Drake's voice to sit, which is why we feel such a nice connection with him because they're creating essentially this like large soundscape. And, uh, you know, it, it ties me back into even like how we organize a shoot for Lasso, like thinking about this party that we threw this weekend where you have a shoot going on but you put a party around it to create an ambiance and a vibe that inevitably drips into the mm-hmm. shoot, right? You feel that that same energy. And uh, it's, I mean, no matter your field, no matter your craft, what Drake and his team do with their music is worth observing because you can learn from it. Exactly. Exactly. Looking forward to it. You know, I think our, I think Ye is probably going to do something to, to try to overshadow it um probably released the day before but so be it absolutely that's why drake hasn't shared the actual date a hundred percent he yeah. knows yeah that, that's that's like nuts to me too that you know you put together this half-ass album do this weird thing in atlanta and then don't have it out when you say it's going to be out and then you're just kind of like not releasing a release date because you thought Drake was going to release that weekend, maybe. And that's why you were trying to squeeze this thing out. You know, recording verses four hours before you play it is not thorough work to me. And why the hell are you living in Mercedes-Benz? I feel like the Mercedes-Benz stadium thing was like a response to Drake. Drake being in stadiums. Yep. A hundred percent, dude. It's a hundred percent that. It's, it's Kanye wants to be Drake so bad. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, people are like that, though. And, like, that's an important thing to recognize in life. Like, a lot of people will want to be you if you're a confident, put-together person who doesn't really worry about anything outside of their own shit. Yeah, yeah. It's dangerous. It's interesting because they admire you and and resent you at the same time. So. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, a little bit more about that on our deep dive. Um, we will be right back. Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey, this is Partha. Not only am I a pilot boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. I started Lasso to help people improve their movement on a daily basis. We design and create compression apparel that enables you to move confidently, recover safely, and ultimately be the best version of yourself. We use a patented compression technology that activates key ligaments and tendons to help you improve your proprioception, coordination, and balance on a daily basis. Lasso socks were recently ranked number one by Men's Health because of how much they improve how your body works and the overall comfort, softness, and feel of the product. We're very proud of the Lasso socks, so check them out on our website at lassogear.com or at lassogear. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. 
Look them up at undomedia.com. What are we deep diving into today? Talking about how to build a great team, bro. Yeah, we were deep the first half of this podcast today. So we went deep into the shoe culture. There's just like, there's a vibe going on right now today. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like, I feel like all the, all the things we want to say are just right. It's right there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So just so one let's of talk days. about this, building a great team, you know, and, and the backdrop of this was this weekend to kind of give this, um, this full context, you know, I recently have, have joined, um, Partha's team over at Lasso, um, and through this like kind of last six month period partha has been kind of reframing um his business and thinking about the type of people he needs to have on that team for it to go to the next um the next phase and this weekend was essentially kind of those new pieces coming together and kind of being thrown in a room and saying okay let's see what you guys got you know what i mean yeah um so let's 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 go into this like how have you kind of approached um this phase right um and and how have you identified kind of the people you need to kind of push forward on your team and what are the characteristics um that you kind of kind of look for you know i've grown a lot in this and this topic i i brought up this topic today i wanted to talk about it it's it's one that changes depending on what industry you're in, what phase you're in of your journey, yeah. et cetera. For where we're at with Lasso now, I've learned that what we're doing with branding is a very potent thing. Like brand and like the ability to make something trend or make something cool, mm-hmm. even aesthetically or sonically or visually, it is so powerful. People lose their goddamn minds around you. Yeah, because you're able to create such an evocative thing. And the people who have the strongest reactions are also the people who are the most FOMO driven. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, what you learn as you start to go down that path is you don't want to be around people that have FOMO. No, you don't. It's just not it's just not it first and foremost. And those people, if they do have FOMO, it means they're very driven by flash or by essentially like short term things that drive dopamine release. So people telling them they're cool, like getting attention, getting media, whatever that might be. And And it's also just by the thing, the fear of missing out. That means that you're thinking about what you're missing out on. Right. Like so, you're not leading. You are following just by definition. Right. And when you're building a brand or building a narrative, you can't be thinking about what you're missing out on. You're building something new that hasn't been seen. So you can't have that, that be part of the narrative, even from that perspective. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, right? Like the Kanye Drake analogy we brought up earlier is I think a good one. Are you building something for your fans or are you building it for yourself? And are you using your fans to essentially just jack you off? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you really doing it for? You've come a long way in terms of, you know, talking about that with in terms of Kanye. This isn't not to go off topic, but what has changed? Because I feel like you were really on his wagon. Until, I was very pro Kanye. Yeah. Even when pretty much everybody was off. What has changed recently? You just 
you see it more in real life, you know? You yeah. see the personality type in real life, the Kanye personality. The LA. Yeah, and it's so jarring, yeah. you know? I've seen people I know change into that. <laughs> and you see them make decision after decision after decision just to get another dose of, like, confirmation from the world or validation or, like, just any sort of affection from the internet. Yep. People work so hard for it. And it's just not real. None of it's real. None of it matters. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you see that. And then on the flip, you you spend time with true creators who are in it for the craft, who live positively, who live happy, builders of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about startup events. I don't go to startup events anymore. I used to go to a ton of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. events. I used to network. I used to meet people. And I just stopped, right? And I remember at this party, we had invited uh, a bunch of other entrepreneurs. Um, it was some Forbes under 30s that I know, some some of Nafisa's friends, some friends from mutual friends who just happened to be in town. And hanging out with entrepreneurs can be like musicians hanging out with musicians, where everybody wants to talk business all the time. And yeah. over the last year... That's how the night ended, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and uh, you caught me like really working hard to keep it from going there because yep. I'm, first of all, if I've smoked a couple of joints and I've had a couple of drinks, I do not want to talk about business. So don't yeah. bug me with that shit. Like I do that all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's talk about sports. Let's make some jokes. Let's enjoy life. Like I remember saying there was a deep crypto conversation going on. Lot yeah. of jargon. And like... that's what put you to sleep, bro. Yeah. 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 And it's like, yo, like all the cool people get bored when you talk about that shit. Yeah. Right. Like, so don't talk about it at a party. And if you want to talk about it, that's fine. But just kind of like read the room a little bit and just pick and choose your moments. Right. Like if you are just like unable to turn that part of you off, congratulations for your passion. But also, like, I think you're missing a big part of life. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and to bring this back into the conversation of a team, right? It's <laughs> like, at the, you know, there are people who are simply part of a team to highlight themselves, like waiting for the opportunity to either speak and have their input, make their ideas a reality, and they're not thinking about anyone else. So most of the time you're putting together a whole bunch of people who are driven by ego, um, and looking for attention and and rewards coming together and if you have five people who are all looking out for themselves how is that that's like the opposite of a team right yeah. but it's, it happens over and over some of this as you said it's in phase right people can start out one way but then as roles by society defining people a certain way and and their talents a certain way and embracing them a certain way there's that fomo right like such and such is getting this type of attention it happens all the time with Kyrie and lebron right Kyrie had everything he had his own movie the uncle drew character he had he was winning championships he was scoring 30 points a game <laughs> and yeah. still because he did he was jealous of the fact that he wasn't getting he wasn't ever going to be LeBron, you know, he yeah. was always going to be 
Kyrie, and he wasn't really, if he would have just sat and thought about it, he's like, I'm not missing out on anything here. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> he, in fact, had more. Yeah. But and the difference is it was in Cleveland, you know? It was in Cleveland, but that didn't seem like that was what it was about. It was about LeBron. Yeah. Now that he's in Brooklyn, I do think like he's he's got he's from Jersey, right? So I think him getting back when you get back to the hometown, it just you got your childhood yeah. friends, you got your family around. It's a different level of grounding you're able to maintain. Yeah, um, but it's it, I I just brought that up to bring up a scenario. Of, oh yeah, like, I to, I totally forgot what we were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's how I know you love Kyrie. You had yeah, I, I just I fucking defense, love the guy, the defense, man. The defense mechanism, it's like that, Rodman. You know what I mean? Like Rodman got his criticism, but it's hard not to love him. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, like I said, I don't love or hate him. Yeah, I I think he does some things that show a lack of maturity, and he does some things that I think showcase that. At the end of the day, he's just trying to figure it out and trying to be an overall good person, you know, while doing it. So I don't, I think hating the guy is <laughs> is pretty far down the road. I mean, that's what fanhood does. But the whole point of this bringing that up was the idea of team building and chemistry. And why I want to contrast, like, what we said in the first part about it, about the personality type. What makes a team work is when everybody understands what the, task at hand is and you just move fluidly and everybody does their part it's not about such and such is doing so much and another person's not doing as much it's like this is the goal let's all work together and make it happen and i've been in environments on set in in which there is kind of a weird power dynamic like people need to make sure they that they're it's known that they're the director i.e. the director's chair and all this stuff that's been set up in that world and in all power structures, right, in entertainment and in traditional corporate structure. And then there's a second thing, which is, hey, let's just do cool shit and make something cool happen. And then also everyone, that goes back to understanding what the goal is. If everybody has the same goal in mind, then you're going to get there. It may not go perfectly. Certain things may go wrong. You might not get everything that you want, but you're going to get something and you're going to yeah. get something good. And that's the difference between a good team and a bad team. You know, there's only one champion in every sport, right? It doesn't mean that there aren't other good teams operating. Some of the teams that finish five and 11 in the NFL are still really good teams because they're five and eleven because they don't necessarily have the same level of talent. Yeah, but their team chemistry, their coaching, their their happiness level is could be higher, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. not just about a winning team; it's about a winning culture, right? Like you can you if you have a culture of people that you work with and you enjoy being around that all are working towards something, you can say, "Hey, they're giving their best." Becomes a lot easier to not be results driven and the results yeah. tend to come when, yeah. when you do that. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's exactly the point to make, right. Is that you, you want people who are focused on the craft. And I think, you know, there's this element of insecurity that plays its way into teams where people pay attention to narrative or they might pay attention to the overall, like way that the thing is perceived right like yeah. i i get this a lot because i get a lot of credit for running the company but i'll be the first one to tell anybody who says that like hey I, it's because i have great people 
You know what I mean? Like yep. I might have a direction I want us to go, but it's not anything anyone couldn't have thought of. It's not anything anyone else couldn't do. It's just, I have the combination of vision and wisdom from my many, many failed attempts and mistakes along the way to, to build this vision that uh, that's what qualifies me to be the CEO. It's not that the vision is unique. It's that the wisdom is unique. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day, this is something you created, right? At the that, uh, that all, that all is there. Right. But like, I no, just, I just it's... don't, I don't like that as a rationale. And the reason why is because starting something isn't, it's hard from a mental standpoint to, to get off the ground, but it's not unique is my point, right? Like anybody can start something and I, I'll die on this hill because I want people to know that they can do it too. It's not unique to me. And I don't want to be positioned as a leader who has special talents that are unachievable, right? I think it's really important for people to understand that they can do it. But if you're doing it and you're in that seat, to your point from Kyrie or from Kanye, everyone's going to want to be you. Yeah. And it's because they're projecting an idea onto you of what that is, right? Like, I, I'll tell you straight up, B, I just, I truly don't feel that there's anything that I did that anyone else couldn't do. Yeah, and 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 I, I appreciate what you just said, and I think it was important. The reason that I highlight that is is this, and this is for everybody else that comes into place, is if something is created, right, and the energy was sparked by an individual, everybody else needs to add to that energy, right? Yeah. And part of adding to that energy is actually accepting that fact that, hey, Partha's actual role here was that he had the skill set to actually design the product and create the product. Now, does that mean that he's the be all end all of everything? No, it doesn't. But part of getting to a point of being a good teammate is accepting that, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to have a conversation on product design and be able to to say hey i i should be able to carry that conversation specifically when you're talking about functionality you know like yeah. as much as we we down the 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 academic world you know there's something to be said for people who are biomedical engineers right and there's something to be said and, and i'm using you in that frame yeah then there's nev right who's a creative director and i feel and i kept saying this to you this weekend that phrase is thrown around a lot but a creative director really does de direct like they need to direct it's not just the brand direction not just the design direction directing the culture directing the vision directing every aspect of it right and he is the person within the team who has mo most experience wearing that hat so even you as Partha as the CEO, you've got the humility to say, hey, this is your area. You've done the most here. You lead. It's not, it's not, it's not a knock on yourself. It's saying, again, putting the vision above whatever your selfish kind of power structure and whatever we're 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 framed to think about as this is like a, a zero sum game where it's all about self. Yeah, I agree. The best leaders I've met are the ones who say, 
you know, my team does all the work. I don't do anything. I'm just the guy who's smart enough to get the smart people to work for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's, that's a skill set. That's a huge skill set. And, you know, to your point, like that is an area where I've noticed that a lot of people do struggle, uh, is being able to let other people shine above them. Yeah. And Nev, Nev asked me all the time. He's like, yo, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And I'm like, it's, it's sick, dude. He's like, oh, what do you want me to do with this shoot? Or how do you want to go? I'm, and my answer is, you know, dude, like just do whatever you want to do. It's going to be great. That's yeah. why I have you here. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I care, but like the extent that I care is I chose you because of your taste and your perspective on the world. Now create, you know, whatever you do will be amazing. Yeah, it will be. It right. Will be. That's the be. beauty of working with great people. Like I don't, I don't, that's, that's the other thing too, is like some people want to make the ego driven decisions and ego driven i would define as like front facing like yeah. some people really want to be like this is the sh the shirt we're releasing in this design this is this color and this is this and why like why do you want to have all that say like when you have people like i have people in place who understand merchandising so they'll say hey we should have this much percent of our run be this style this percent be this style this percent be this style and here's all the colorways and here's how we should change the patterns to make you know these consumable for the midwest and these are targeted at la and new york and these are targeted at texas you know what i yeah. mean like if i have people that know how to do that then i should let them do that it makes my life easier and i don't even have to think about it and they can apply the knowledge that they have and i can focus on the next thing right mm -hmm. like i would much rather have people handle all of that then have to make every decision myself but you come across so many personalities in this world that won't let anyone rest unless they like big dick everyone and like prove that they're the one who should be making those decisions and it's like to what end like you just created only more work on everybody's plate and do you like your job i'm gonna say that right like like your job or right like your role within the team or find another team yeah. right like if you look at like you know we spoke about nev alex who has never done any work really with us before who came in from denver and videoed everything he came with a curiosity and an energy that never reflected that he even felt that energy that he was the new guy you know yeah. what i mean it was about his joy at creating you know, there's so many creatives that I think hate their craft. It's like any opportunity you get to work and do what you love, you should be smiling ear to ear. You know, yeah. but that would be what I would call like a blocked creative. There's a lot of I, I believe everyone's a creative, but blocked would be that you are not able to just make stuff like you think about it, like your brain should never be involved in a creative task it should be your soul and your your heart should be driving and i noticed this you know j me getting into putting out music i've been trying to put out a song every week i'm actually above a song a week right now i did four songs in three weeks yeah i sit down i make a beat and i don't think about it i just put some sounds down i make it like three minutes and then i just start writing i have my mic on within two and a half hours i have a song i have a visualizer video i have cover art and it's on streaming platforms and soundcloud and and everything and it's you know fully mine i own it completely 
And it was a pure moment of creation where essentially I kind of black out. Like I open up the program and then three hours later, whatever I was feeling is now recorded. And that's because I didn't think about it. And that just adding a creative habit to my tool belt has made me a better team player. It's made me more understanding of others. And it's also taught me that very little in life is forced. Like a lot of the things that we value most and really the best things we create come from a connection to source. Like it has to flow through you. And it's very, if you guys have read The Alchemist, you know, they talk about this kind of way of being, right? Where you're just in accordance with, you know, your role, your purpose, and just being you truly. And it's a level of comfort with yourself you have to find in order to be a great teammate. If you have insecurities that are driving you to try and step out of your lane, if you have things you're trying to prove to other people or to the world or to yourself, like stop because that doesn't serve anybody other than you. And it's immediately making you a bad team member. Like, and, now, and the second part of this is when you really think about it, you can become successful looking out for self. You can. But the thing is, there's a price to pay for it, right? And like, you find a lot of people who go on these solo journeys, they lose good teammates. And there's nothing better than like joy of being around other people that like you and you like them versus having it be anything other than that, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm walking on eggshells because I'm working for this guy and or working with this guy. And that's just not, that's that's not conducive and it's it's just if you care about building something you need a team and because you need a team it's very clear how you need to build a good team versus build a bad team which is take your selfish shit out of it you know that's that's it you know that's exactly it v <laughs> it's exactly it right take your selfish shit out of it and just like be there and do what needs to be done but like that's an Eastern thing too. Like I think we benefit from being of Indian descent because you hear this concept of duty so much. And yep. you know, I'm fortunate that I spent so much time in China in my twenties and in Asia in general, traveling, doing business and understanding their business culture, which is so different than ours. Yeah. Drastically. I, I remember a guy is a manufacturer. One of the owners of the factory is telling me, you know, my dream is to dance and he still dances. But my duty to my family is to run this factory with my brother-in-law. And I was like, wait, so you don't do what you want to do? He's like, I still, I still do it on the side, but I have a responsibility to my family. This is what I'm here for. This is what my job is. And, you know, I, I do it with love. And like in America, there's this like almost, it's like an entitlement towards your desires, right? Yeah where everyone's like, oh, I want to be a famous this or that, or I want to, you know, I don't even know why we put the word famous in front of it, but we do. Like that yep. was that was an intentional way I phrased it. But like everyone's like, I want to be a famous this. And it's like, no, you just want to be famous. You don't want to be yeah. that. That's just the yeah. thing that you've seen that's famous. Because right? you're leading with fame. You're yeah. leading with fame, right? But so. if you focus on the craft, it's like, what do you actually want to do? Most people wouldn't do things that are that are highly lucrative. Most people would do things that we perceive to be kind of like, lower end but they would be happier doing them and this is like we get to the same place if you go down the gender the gender income gap battle right which mm -hmm. is that if you look at like the nordic countries where uh 
there is the greatest freedom of choice and the least gender discrimination in the workplace, men tend to go STEM, women tend to go service, and those have pay discrepancies. That's a, one of the components of the wage gap, on, of, of the gender wage gap, right? But you, people just ignore this tendency of how their body and, and soul and per, how, who they naturally are in search of this greater like thing that they've seen growing up that they think is going to make them happy. And as long as you're chasing that idea, you're not of service to yourself and you're not of service to anyone around you. So when it comes to team building, I think like you have to find ways to figure out why people are doing what they're doing. And that's not something that's easy. It's, it's something you're going to make a lot of mistakes with. Yep. It is. It is. And I think the, you're always, you have to accept that you're going to make bad choices and make mistakes. You're going to have some teammates that aren't great, but I think you reduce your risk. If you focus on evaluating whether or not people actually enjoy what they do, right? Like a lot of people look for serious professionals, you know, and it's just like, first let observe and see if they enjoy what they're doing and then go to the proficiency side of it. Secondary. Right now. Um, and that's that's just just a good way to kind of filter without being perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And startups, they say start with culture, right? And it's like yeah. that. That's really it. Like start first, figure out if somebody fits in like the way that you live. And this is kind of where it gets tricky because a lot of people overthink the culture fit to the extent that they actually end up discriminating. So yeah. if someone doesn't look like you or think like you. That's not a bad thing, and it doesn't mean they're a bad culture fit. Culture is about how you communicate. It's yeah. about you want different perspectives. You want people who see the world differently, but you want people who have the maturity and balance to speak to you honestly, directly, and to react to the direct things you have to say to them without being confrontational. Yeah. And if you can't handle like those basic elements of communication, you're not a good team player. Yep, 100%. Hundred percent. I think that's a great way to put a button on this on this topic. You know, we we've we've had a lot of thought about this, um, and it was it was great to have the event to kind of reinforce kind of some of these thoughts for us to bring them to you guys today. Um, as always, stay moving. Be you. You is fly. Pilot boys out. Pilot boys, we get on up. We don't fly.